Hello there, and welcome to episode 11 of the Beauty Business Podcast. If you're new around here, then this is the show for the health and beauty industry, particularly you independent salons out there. I'm here to connect you to the tools, tips, the knowledge and advice to help you get your beauty business, salon, clinic or spa to where you want it to be. My name is Adam Chatterley and I'm your host here on the Beauty Business Podcast and I want to help mobile therapists, home salons and independent clinics to reach their full potential and business goals through simple, practical and focused business advice. I can't tell you how to do a better massage, a manicure or a facial, that is your area of expertise but I can help you to get more clients, the ones that you really want, reduce your costs, increase your profits, sell more retail, control your time and generally make the money you deserve for all the hard work, time and effort that you put into your business. Now, in the last episode of the Beauty Business Podcast, we talked about the most common mistakes the salon and beauty business owners make when pricing their treatments and services. There turned out to be just a little bit more to cover than I initially thought, and the podcast ran a little long, so I decided to split it into two parts, and today we have the second part in this little mini-series. Today we're talking all about value pricing, or value-based pricing, and I believe this is the only way to price your treatments to ensure you are getting the price right, and therefore the right remuneration for you and your team's very hard work. Before we get started though, while we are talking about how you should price your treatments today, if you haven't already listened to the last episode, I encourage you to go and check it out before listening to this one, to give you a little bit of background and to help highlight the pricing problems that you might be making in your own business without even realising it. You can find that episode at beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash episode 10 or if you're listening on a podcast app on your phone it should be right there in the list just look for episode 10 called the four pricing mistakes salon owners make okay now back to today's episode so as i've said today we're going to be looking at exactly what value-based pricing is why it's the best way to price your treatments and services and a few ideas on how to apply it to your salon and beauty business and give you a few examples along the way as always, I've created a fantastic free resource to accompany this episode, and this week it is one truly valuable download, as this download could have a serious impact on the profits you make in your salon. I'll tell you a little bit more about this as we get further into the episode. So, just as a recap, what is value-based pricing? Well, in the last episode, I came up with a definition of value in this context as the price a customer is willing to pay based on all their circumstances and how they perceive the relative cost of those circumstances. Now that's a little bit long-winded. So what I really mean by this is that we as people make decisions of what to buy and where to buy based on a number of criteria. As business owners, we tend to assume automatically that people make these decisions purely based on price, i.e. if you charge the lowest price, you will get the most customers. But this just isn't true. We value other things too, like time, choice, convenience, proximity, brand, and many other things. All these things have a value to customers, often higher than a relatively small amount of money. So, if you can offer value to your customers, then they will be happy to pay a little bit more for that value. Here's an example. 
In the UK, we have a supermarket called Waitrose. Now, for those of you outside of the UK not familiar with Waitrose, it's a supermarket like most others. However, a weekly shopping trip to Waitrose will cost you quite a bit more than most of the other supermarkets. If price was the only reason people chose where to buy their food and drinks, then Waitrose wouldn't exist. But it does. And it's thriving. Now, Waitrose does have a slightly more varied selection of produce than some of the other stores. It has a few more unusual products that you might not find in some supermarkets and a couple of higher-end goods like high-end wines and spirits. But on the whole, it sells much of the same fruit, vegetables, dairy, meat, cereals, etc. as every other supermarket. From the outside, it looks the same. Generally, their larger stores have plenty of parking. They tend to be in the same locations, often within easy walking distance of a major competitor. But Waitrose has very cleverly branded itself as the aspirational supermarket. It is subconsciously perceived that people who are doing well in life shop at Waitrose. So, while price is important for most of us, to some people the value that comes from feeling aspirational of choosing to shop at Waitrose rather than, say, Tesco or Asda, which is Walmart for those of you who live in the US, it's worth more to them than the extra money that it costs them to shop there. Now, True value-based pricing generally deals with the concept of charging a price specific to each and every customer that a business deals with, and thus falls more into the world of kind of services where a quote is provided specifically to each customer. That is just a little bit impractical in the world of salons, but we can use the same methods to uncover the value we're offering to our customers and set our prices accordingly to maximise revenue. But why bother? Well, value-based pricing is not a simple, nor is it a quick process. It takes quite a bit of time, quite a bit of work, and a lot of research and analysis to get it right. So why bother doing it? Well, hopefully, if you listened to the previous episode, episode 10, you'll have seen the flaws in the ways that most salons tend to price their treatments and services. They are literally doing themselves out of money in most instances. Add to this the fact that, as we covered in the episode before that one, or in the article on the website, The Five Ways to Grow Your Salon, you would see that a tiny change in your prices can have a huge effect on your profits. In that article in the podcast, I showed you a case study that showed how a 5% price change implemented by a salon resulted in a 28% increase in profits. Now, to put that into perspective, the average price of the treatments at that case study salon went up by just £1.84, which is just under $3. This resulted in an increase in annual profits for the salon of almost £9,000 or just under $13,000. So we're not talking massive price changes, but we are talking massive benefits in terms of profit. So why bother going through the exercise of pricing your treatments and services based on a value-based pricing model? Well, just imagine how much more money you could be losing out on if you simply set your prices to compete with the other beauty business down the road. But before I get emails from angry salon owners telling me that it isn't just about money, that isn't why you do what you do, and it isn't the main reason that you started your businesses, I understand, and I totally agree with you. But I hear from entirely too many salon owners who are not making any profit. There are too many salon owners that fail, around 9 out of 10 salons fail inside of the first three years, and there are too many salon owners that claim to be making a profit but in fact are not taking a salary for themselves. So while showing a profit on paper after paying all their staff, these salon owners are actually working for nothing. I want to put a stop to all of that. And that is why I'm telling you all about value pricing. 
I wholeheartedly believe that if you get the price of your treatments right, then we will not see so many businesses fail and more of you hardworking salon owners can make a fair income for all of the work you put in. Does that sound good? Okay. Plus, there are plenty of other benefits to getting your pricing right too. And when I say getting your pricing right, what I mean is getting paid a fair price for your work. Fair for you to charge, fair for your client to pay, and a price where everyone wins. We'll look at some of the other pros and cons of setting your prices based on a value-based model later on in the episode. Right now, let's get down to the details and look at what you need to do to start pricing your treatments based on value. So how do you price your treatments based on value? Well, now is a good time to tell you a little more about the free download that I've put together for you to accompany this episode. I'm about to take you through the process in detail here on the podcast, but there are a number of steps and some of those steps have a couple of parts in them. I've created a worksheet for you that you can download to help guide you through this process. It has all the steps to follow and space to make notes to help you value price your treatments and services. You can get the download by going to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash 11 download. That's www.beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash 11 download. And you can get your very own copy there. Right. So value-based pricing is based on data, which suits me perfectly because I love facts and figures and numbers, but they're not everyone's cup of tea. So I'm here to make things a little bit easier. While it's based on data, value-based pricing is not an exact science. Much of what your customers value will be based on their wants, their desires and their emotions. The problem here is that emotions and feelings don't always easily convert into specific figures but here are some steps to help you out. Step one, start with the base price. Okay, let's start with the absolute lowest price you could possibly charge for each and every one of your treatments, but still remain in business. Yes, this is going to involve working out your cost prices. Now, there are a number of elements to this. First of all, you've got product cost. Now, this not only includes the price of your professional products, but also your laundry costs, consumable items, supplies that are used within a particular treatment in order to provide it. So all of those things. Next up is wage costs, i.e. what it costs to have a member of staff perform the treatment. And don't just consider their basic wage here. Remember any other wage costs, such as commissions, insurance, tax, national insurance, etc. Next, you've got overheads. And this is basically the portion of rent, heating, lighting, phone, internet, all other business expenses and costs that should be assigned to each treatment. You need to work this out and include absolutely everything that it costs you to deliver each treatment that you perform. For wage costs and overheads, it's probably easier to simply work out an average cost of these per hour and then just adjust this based on the timing of each treatment. For product costs and consumables, you will need a little bit more information, but your product supplier should be able to provide you with a lot of this information rather than you having to work it all out. Just as an aside here, I was recently talking to a major supplier of products, equipment and supplies here in the UK and Europe about treatment costs. And I was amazed to see that they have worked out down to the exact drop of oil and cotton wool pad that was used in all of the treatments they supply for. So if you use Ellison's professional beauty supplies to supply any or all of your products, then they can more than likely provide you with a lot of this information straight away. If you don't use Ellison's, then speak to your own supplier. And if they can't help you, 
then I urge you to check out Ellison's. Like I said, I was hugely impressed with their cost breakdowns. I really should be charging them for this. Anyway, so you need to work out the full cost of each and every one of your treatments. Okay, done that? Congratulations. You now know the hard and fast price by which if you sell a treatment or service below will mean it is costing you money. And trust me, you are now ahead of a lot of your competition out there, simply having worked out this information and having this knowledge to hand. Step number two, it's investigation time. We need to know more about your customers. Now, don't worry if you are starting out and you don't have many or even any customers just yet. This step is still crucial. You just might have to get a little bit more creative when it comes to who to ask for this information from. Basically, who do you want to be your customers? Now, as I've already said, we're dealing with data here, not assumptions. So take the time to actually do this step right. Don't skip it thinking you already know your customers, so you already know the answers. You need to find out who your clients think are your competition. Don't just assume that your competition is the salon further down the street. Your competition might be an express salon in a department store near where your client works. Maybe it's a salon at the gym they go to, or it could be that a friend of theirs keeps telling them about an amazing mobile therapist that they use. The important part is that you are getting all of the information here about what alternatives your clients have instead of coming to you. It is also important to understand exactly why they come to you. Again, don't use your own assumptions. We're looking for facts here, so make sure you ask your clients. You could do this simply in conversation with them, or you could create a quick client survey. Personally, I like the survey option best, as it usually gets a more honest answer from your clients. Plus, it is possible to get a larger number of responses more quickly than talking to people, and that is what we're looking for here. The more data, the better. You could do this simply by printing out a simple questionnaire or use one of the many online survey tools available these days. SurveyMonkey is a good one that I use and collect the information online simply by emailing your clients a link to the survey. Now, a quick pro tip here. People don't generally love filling in surveys. Not sure about you, but it's not something I enjoy doing. So give them an incentive. First of all, keep the survey to just a few questions, maximum about seven. If you can manage less than even better. Then make it clear to your clients beforehand that there are only a few questions to be filling in at the beginning and tell them it will only take a couple of minutes or however long it will roughly take them to fill it in. If you set their expectations like this, then they're more likely to actually go ahead and fill it in if it's only going to take a couple of minutes of their time. If you really want to boost results, consider having a giveaway. You could win a free treatment. Price of entry is to fill in the survey. This will massively increase the number of responses you get. And this is important because the more information we have, the better. When you're crafting the survey, try to keep the questions open so your customer has the opportunity to elaborate a little. And what I mean by open is that you don't ask a yes or no question. You want to draw out of people as much information as possible. Think about it. They may answer with something that you hadn't already thought of. So the goals of the survey are as follows. Find out who your customers view as your competition and what alternatives they have. Find out why your customers come to you. What is it about your salon that brings them to you over the people that they list as your competition? And while you're at it, ask them if there's anything else you could do to make their lives a little easier, i.e. how could you add more value? And remember, keep those questions as open as possible so as to get a wide range of answers. 
Next, step number three, the top end and the bottom end. So once you have the responses from your customers, whether from a survey or just speaking to them, now is the time to take your investigations a little bit further. Write down all the names of all the businesses your customers listed as your competition and start to investigate. The chances are you will have got a lot of responses. If you don't have time to investigate all of them, then use the ones that were most commonly suggested. Pick the top two or three, but the more you can look at, the better. Start by looking at their prices. What are they charging for similar treatments to those that you provide? If necessary, create a table or a spreadsheet listing your prices and their prices next to each other for the same or similar treatments. Compare the duration of these treatments as well, as this can often be a factor in value. Next, pay particular attention to those competitors that are charging significantly more or significantly less than you. Or, if you are not yet in business, just look at those that are charging the most and those that are charging the least. Now next, I want you to go and visit these competitors. If possible, have a treatment with them. You are looking for everything that they offer as part of their service. Take notes of the things they do or offer that you don't, and remember anything that you do offer that they do not. Add all of this to your table or spreadsheet and just keep some detailed notes. And step number four, bring it all together. Now with all the information you now have, you can start to work out the following. What do your clients value and what price do they place on that value? Now here are a few tips on how to do this bit. Take a look at the competitors you selected to investigate. Make a list of everything that they do that you don't and everything that they don't do that you do offer. Include in this anything like their location, ease of parking, other shops in their area, anything that differentiates your competitor's business from yours, whether it be physical or something that they offer. Now, look at what they charge in general different to your business. Using this information, try and place a value on all of the things that differentiate you from each of your competitors. Ideally, you can use any differences in pricing between you and them to come up with this value. But this is where value-based pricing becomes a little bit more of an art than it is a science. For example, there's a good quality nail salon with an excellent reputation near where a lot of your clients work. They're based on a high street and they charge about the same as you do on average for treatments that you both offer. But your client comes to you. In your investigations, you found that your clients like the fact they can park right outside your salon, so they don't have to walk to the high street option or park at the car park across from the high street, which would cost them about £4 or around $6. This is clearly a benefit your salon has that the other one doesn't, and the value of that benefit is easy. It's at least £4, if not a little bit more for the convenience of parking without the need for cash. Personally, I'd put a value of this around about £5 or around about $8 but you're going to need to use your best judgment here. Finally, who was your most popular competition? By this, I mean which of your competitors was mentioned the most often by your customers when you asked or surveyed them. We'll call this competitor your customer's next best option. And depending on your services, you might have a number of these. For example, body treatments at one and facials at another, nails at another place and waxing at another salon. So to round it up here, you should now have number one, the prices from your customer's next best option to your salon or beauty business. Number two, a list of reasons and amounts for all the ways you offer more value than your general competition. And number three, a list of reasons and amounts for all the ways your general competition 
competitors offer more value than you do. And the simple value-based formula here is 1 plus 2 minus 3 equals your ideal price. So to say that again, because it doesn't make a lot of sense when it's read out, your ideal price is the price that your next best competition charges identified by your clients plus the value of all the ways that you offer more than your general competitors minus the value of all the ways that your competitors offer more than you do. Now, in truth, it's a lot more complicated than simply 1 plus 2 minus 3, but this is the general idea. You can take this as far as you want and get as deep into the differentiators and relative values as you want to, but this is the essence of value-based pricing. You have found out what your customers value, you've attempted to put a price on those values using some form of actual data, you've assessed who is your next best competitor and used the values of the things that you offer over your competition, less the things that you don't offer, to arrive at a fair value-based price for your treatments. Now, the more shrewd-minded of you listening out there will have also realised that to maximise your price and also maximise value to your customer, you need to increase those items that fall into Category 2 and reduce those that fall into Category 3. And this brings me back to what I was saying earlier on in the podcast about value-based pricing not only being about money. Believe me, I know that the vast majority of beauty business and salon owners didn't start their businesses just to make money. You should make a fair amount of money for the hard work you put in, but I also know that you want to offer the very best service, the very best treatment, and overall, the very best product to your clients. And that is the beauty of value-based pricing. It is based exactly on what your clients value, and they are paying exactly what that value is worth. Furthermore, the exercise you needed to go through to arrive at a true value-based price involved learning more about what your clients want, what they don't want, and exactly what they do and don't value in relative terms. Not only does this allow you to charge a fair price, but it also allows you to improve your offering, add in the options that your clients want, and possibly remove the things that they don't. It could allow you to price your treatments in such a way that you could perform fewer treatments to generate the same or even higher profits than you do already. Now, this could mean that you either work a little less and have more time for yourself, or you work the same hours but focus more on each and every one of your clients because you physically need fewer of them to generate the same profits. It also gives you confidence in your pricing, which is a hugely powerful thing. You have put in the hard work to arrive at a price you have justified, one that you can stick to and know is representative of what is available elsewhere relative to what you have to offer. There is no more powerful knowledge to have in your corner if an existing client or a potential client questions your pricing than to know that your prices are based on something as concrete as this. The easiest thing to do if you are not 100% confident in your prices is to simply offer a discount or a price reduction when you are challenged on them. But if you put in the work to truly understand your prices and why you charge them, then the next time you are questioned on price, you can stand your ground in the knowledge that you are charging the right price. If a client doesn't like it and they want to go elsewhere, you can even offer them your recommendation of where to go because you've done the research. But I'm willing to bet that they will already know this too. And they will keep coming to you because you do offer the best value around. Now, there is one final step to completely reinforce your new value-based pricing policy. And that is to advertise your value. 
Now, what I mean here is that you have taken the time to understand the things that your customers value about your business and your treatments and services, but not all of your customers may realize that a particular product or service or treatment or benefit exists. So now you know what people love about you and your business and your team, shout about it. Maybe it's the fact that you open late a couple of nights a week. Maybe it's the fact that you open early on a Saturday morning. Maybe it's that you have a loyalty scheme in place, free parking. Maybe you've got a tube, a metro, a train or a tram stop nearby. It could be a particular package that you offer that no one else does. Maybe you or one of your team are the most experienced or the most qualified at a particular treatment that you offer. Whatever it is, shout about it. Put up posters in your salon, put posts on social media, put it on your website and in your marketing material and even on your price lists. Help your customers to value everything that you do. The more they value what you do, the better your prices will seem even if they are higher than most in your area. Remember Susan Routledge from episode two of the Beauty Business Podcast. Well, if you don't, she owns Finishing Touches Salon based in the north of England. And Susan pointed out back in that episode that her prices are almost double that of some of the competition in her area. Yet Finishing Touches continues to be one of the busiest salons around, continues to win awards, and Susan's customers keep coming back again and again. Why? Because they value the treatments, the service and the staff at Finishing Touches so highly that they are happy to pay the difference. So... That brings us to the end of this episode on value-based pricing. I really hope you've enjoyed it and it has given you something to really think about when it comes to either setting your prices or reviewing your prices. Remember, if you'd like the free worksheet to accompany this episode and walk you through all those steps and help you calculate all the figures, simply go to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash 11 download and grab yourself a copy. It walks you through the steps and helps you organize your notes and work out all the calculations. I've even put together a little pricing table for you to either download or print out and fill in. Now, if you have found value in today's episode, see what I did there, then please can I ask you to leave a rating and or a review for the podcast on iTunes. It literally only takes you a few seconds, but it helps get the word out to other salon or beauty business owners struggling with the same day-to-day business problems as you. Go on, you know you want to, and I would really appreciate it. In the next episode of the Beauty Business Podcast, we're talking about raising your prices. The last few episodes and articles have focused on why a price rise is the most powerful way to grow your business, how not to set your prices, and the mistakes people make in the first place, and then as in today's episode, how to correctly set your prices. But now you know all of this, how do you know for sure if now is the right time to raise your prices? Because believe me, there is a right time and there is a wrong time, and it has nothing to do with the time of year. So if you want to find out whether now is the right time to raise your prices, and I promise you an exact formula to help you know for sure, check out the next episode of the Beauty Business Podcast. Thank you again for listening and for all of your positive feedback I've been receiving recently. I really appreciate it and I love to know that I am helping people. Okay, so bye for now. I will see you in the next episode.